Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 520 with Erica Van Lirup. Some songs, you know, I want to get a song stuck in somebody's head, so I'll put something like, we like big buns and we cannot lie. Yeah, we totally have fun with it. And we have brainstorms when the crew gets together and we're talking about stuff. And, you know, we're like, drop it like it's taut. And, you know, just things like that. We just, you know, so everybody, it's a joint effort for sure. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Wouldn't it be great if you could play music directly from your Spotify account in your own restaurant without worrying about being pinched by the music police? Well, guess what? With Soundtrack, your brand, you can. Unlike Spotify Premium, YouTube, or Apple Music, Soundtrack, your brand is licensed for business use. And with SoundtrackYourBrand.com, you can import your favorite music from Spotify and share them directly with your guests. This deal typically goes for $26.99, but if you act now you can get this deal for $19.99 per month per location for life. Get on it. Again, that's soundtrackyourbrand.com or find the banner in the show notes. If you want new customers, more revenue, and a huge advantage over your competition, then listen up. My good friend and industry expert, Nick Fosberg, is doing something special for Restaurant Unstoppable listeners. He says most owners are wasting money on Facebook because our industry does not provide enough knowledge, and I got to say, I agree. So Nick is going to take some of our listeners and guarantee them a minimum of $500 in sales for every $100 they spend on ads. If not, they don't pay. Yes, that means... He's guaranteeing a 500% ROI in new customers in your door. That's pretty rad. If you want more info, go to ru500.net. That's ru for Restaurant Unstoppable 500.net. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Erica Van Lurup. Erica, are you feeling unstoppable today? Totally, Eric. <laughs> totally unstoppable. Yes, that is what we like to hear. So actually, before I, I read the intro, I just want to say thank you. So Erica has been hooking me up the past couple of days, uh, helping me get settled in the Washington area and just to be able to regroup and to kind of get my bearings and put to, put together a game plan. I, I ha- wouldn't be able to do that without having people like you, Erica, uh, who are following the show, who... Uh, who are successful in their own means. I can't wait to share your story. And just that's the ultimate, I think, um, the ultimate uh, compliment being on the road is meeting people who are actually leaders listening to the podcast and knowing that the word's really spreading about this thing. So I uh, can't wait to share your story, but thank you, uh, thank you man. This well, I thank you. This is an honor <laughs> to be here on my bucket list. Uh, yeah. It's been awesome. Right. All right. Let's let's introduce you, who you are, and what you're all about. Hailing from Olympia, Washington, Erica Van LaRope has owned and operated Van's Burgers since its, its inception 18 years ago. After a long career in hospitality, Van LaRope decided to settle down and open an old-fashioned drive-through concept. The consistency in quality and freshness that results from this business model has has propelled Van's Burger to the top of the Washington burger scene, despite being known as the burger place that's never open. So I can't wait to dive into your story to share who you are and what you're all about with my listeners. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Tomorrow's happiness starts today. Tomorrow's happiness starts today. Dive into that sucker. Dissect it's just, it. you know, it works in work and personal. If if you're low on that pickle bucket, just go ahead and open the new one tonight. You don't have to worry about it opening it in the morning. You'll, you know, be greeted with that full pickle bucket. Don't wait until tomorrow what you can do today and just set yourself up. So give me some examples of the things you do today to set yourself up for tomorrow. Um, just handle things, take care of business and, um, plan ahead. Yeah. Just like I, I just, said, the pickle bucket, you being know, it's here, just the, a small the cool thing, thing is I get to know when I get to really get to know my guests before having them on and learn about them, which I've had the privilege of doing being here for four days now. It's crazy. 
I bet you can't wait for me to leave. Time flies. Um, <laughs> uh, just watching you and your routine, you come home, you go right into uh, finishing, like you're, you, you go upstairs, you go into your office, you take care of the numbers, and you have your routines, and you're, you're, you, know, you close out today before you even start tomorrow, right. which is one really cool thing. Do you want to reflect on that, like not just preparing for tomorrow, tonight, but also making sure today's done? Yeah, I mean, it's just about closure, wrapping it up, then you sleep well, you wake up the next morning, you don't have something niggling right at you, you can, you know, take it on, you can get going on your next list and start afresh. I love it. Okay, so where did it all start for you? When did you know that this was the industry for Erica? The restaurant industry for sure was when I was in my early 20s working for Arnold Ball in Yelm, Washington, and for Arnold's Country Inn, and... I just loved the camaraderie and the the environment and the teamwork and the satisfaction of making so many people happy and it was very rewarding work. So definitely I knew the hospitality business was for me yes. in my early 20s. This, this was your first hospitality gig? Or well, first I worked at Baskin Robbins. Okay. I waited tables at kind of a sizzler type. It was called Bananas in okay. Lacey. So I did have some other experience. But Arnold's, you know, it was really... What was different about Arnold's? Uh, just the family environment mm. and how um, it was just... You were family. And we hung out together when we weren't working and... Um, Arnold and Sharon, the owners and their family made everybody that worked with them feel like family. Yeah. Um, so this, it's safe to say this is kind of the biggest, uh, restaurant gig or like the, the most serious restaurant gig you had before opening your own place, right? Definitely. So what was it specifically that you drew from these people aside from treating your employees like family? What did you learn about business from these people? What were the, the, the major ways these folks transformed you as a young professional? Hmm. I think, I think just the, gosh, just the environment and the, you know, doing things well and doing things from scratch and taking, you know, taking that time to, you know, everything was made from scratch and you said the environment mm-hmm. paint the picture of what this environment was like. Well, it was just very customer service driven and, um, you know, Hey, I need a side of sour cream. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew that you were communicating on behalf of the patron and you know, it it was easy. They knew you weren't asking for something to be a pain. You were, you know, trying to keep the patron happy. Yeah, so it's like this culture of service. Mm-hmm. Uh even mm-hmm. it, there was never too much to ask. Right. Um how do you get that culture, do you think? How do they establish this culture of just there's no question that's too big to ask no favor that's too big to ask and we don't get upset with our guests when they're asking for a special request how do you set up that culture well i don't think you can fake it i think you have to i think you have to feel it it has to be a gift and it has to be a gift of service and a gift of humility and um i I think it stems from humility yeah i love it so how long did you stay with them total Oh, I was with him a couple of years, like around when I was 21-ish. And then when I moved back from Seattle and was kind of looking for something to do, then I uh, also went back to them. So okay, about four years over a decade four years. span. And you eventually <laughs> you left and you did some work working with some hotels, yeah? Yep. So any key takeaways from that experience? Any ways you evolved as a professional doing, was it sales? Yes, catering sales. And yeah, I mean, I just definitely knew what I didn't like. I didn't like the micromanagement or the, you know, I really wanted to bring common sense in. You know, I think my final straw was when I was sent away to do cold calls on a day when I had a 150 meeting planners meeting in one of the banquet spaces. And, you know, I was leaving sight. You know, I was, (laughs) you know, I should have been there working the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because this is da 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 then I was supposed to be out and about and so that's when I realized and maybe I just don't like being told what to do oh so you said you don't like the micromanagement aspect of how they ran things get into detail about how how that made you feel and how without naming names but like maybe how they micromanaged you well it was just it was just that it was um you know not a lot of common sense in marketing I've feel like I've been marketing since I grew up on my family's farm and I didn't feel like that was an appropriate use of my time. Um, just, just having other people in charge of my destiny. Basically. Mm. I don't like that. Not letting other people 
be in charge of your <laughs> destiny. Um, so you got away. Uh, yes. you, you broke away yes. uh, and you decided to steer the course to your own destiny. Yep. Uh, so you, did you just quit the, the sales job? Yep. Was Okay. And did you have a plan the day you quit or were you just like, nope. I need to get out of here? I need to get out of here. Okay. What was going through your mind? Um, just, I had been working a little bit on the weekends for my a business plate or a burger place my dad was involved in. And, you know, it was fun. It was simple. People were happy. I really enjoyed working with that. Get specific. What was it about the, the simplicity and uh, the, what was making this place a place of happiness? I just like the systems. I like the routine. I like the rush. Um, very, you know, you start it, you finish it. Yeah. So what was your role here? Were you just working the counter or? Yeah, I was, well, I was cooking and, okay. and working the counter, whatever, wherever I was needed. And how long were you doing that after? I was doing it on weekends for maybe six months. Six months. Okay. And at what point were you like, well, I want to do more than this? Well, when I quit my job, I said, hey, dad, you know, your partner, they had kind of bought it as a temporary type thing. And um, I said, hey, see if your partner wants to be bought out and let's take this over. And he did, but uh, he, Craig, his name, he wasn't interested in being bought out. He really loved it and he wanted to carry on with it. And so we started looking into other things. And my dad found this trailer that he said when he walked in, it was like seeing the 57 Chevy for the first time. Yeah. It was just beautiful. And and he called me and, and that the rest is history. So you... Originally, when you opened, so you had the, the your vision was eventually Van's Burger. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> was your dad a business partner in the beginning, or how did that work? Um, he kind of he did the loan, like he his buddy worked for the company that that um, had the trailer, and okay. so he set that up and he managed got the initial lo- business loan for me. Okay, and what was was he a part of the day to day after that point? Did he help you oh, set up the systems? Totally. Okay. Yeah, he was there at the window, and he worked the window. He he tells people that he came for a couple of weeks and ended up staying for a couple of years. <laughs> um, he's a very likable guy. Okay. Big Pete's his nickname. He's uh, you know, back then he's got was, a burger named after him. Yeah, right. Which I haven't had the um. I don't know the guts to try. I think I'm afraid <laughs> to pack on too many pounds, but the thing looks so good. Yeah, Big Pete's very popular. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's very personable, and everyone loved him at the window. And of course, things were a lot slower that at that point, and so he'd have a lot of time to visit and talk to people, and then finally I'd be like, "Hey, Dad, okay, let him go. Let them go <laughs> yeah, eat their food. They have their food. They move the they'd line. They'd be kind of gunning, <laughs> a little bit, trying to work yeah. out." <laughs> So what was the benefit of being able to have somebody? So your dad had experience with the, the burger uh, operation prior. Uh, he was, you know, you have family that are in, that's investing in you. What else did he bring to the table? Did he, or was this more of partnership? Uh, kind of really dissect the lanes that you guys were in, I guess. I'm trying, what I'm trying to get after here. Okay. Yeah. Well, his business um, for the burger place prior wasn't, he wasn't really involved in it. It was mainly financial. Okay. Um, but with me, Yes, he was, I mean, he was the face of the, and lots of people still think he owns it (laughs) or owned it. Um, But he would be basically front of the house. I mean, he was the the greeter, the till, the order taker. And and then he would do some of the book work too. And I was the back of the house. I was the one cooking and inventory and ordering. So... Take us through what this looked like, what this operation kind of looks like from the time somebody rolls in uh, to the time they roll out. Like, take us through like the the it's it's a very unique operation, and like I'm trying to paint the picture. Uh, imagine like two, uh, not they're not uh, food trucks, but there's trailers uh, lined up kind of next to each other. But maybe I'll I'll just let you take it. You, you explain the whole thing. <laughs> well, it's a it's different. We originally we set it up. We had three cars. Yeah, uh, we had the speaker back, and then for three cars because that was six minutes. That was about time to cook it by the time they got to the speaker, and by the time they worked with the window. Um, so when you say three cars, you're talking about the the way you had it set up from when there's somebody at your window to where the person's ordering the uh, the meal. There's a three car length right uh, space. Was that intentional to set up yes. three car? Okay, mm-hmm. why is that something that you need to think of if you're doing a food truck? Well, just for timing, just for operation. timing when you get the order and how long it takes, you know, if there's nobody there, like if someone comes in and there's nobody in line and they order at the speaker, it's going to take six minutes to cook their food okay. from the time they're at the speaker to the time they're at the window. But we 
realized that, you know, we wanted to get ahead of that. So, you know, it's kind of a slow start, but once you start rolling and then it goes really quickly because you're cooking as people order. And then by the time they get up the window, it's all ready to hand out. So we're getting rid of that delay. So the first car takes a long time, but once you start rolling, then it's, you know, two, three minutes a car. Okay. Um, and then my brother opened, uh, and brother and sister-in-law opened a coffee stand about five years after we opened the burger and that worked really well because they would close down in the evenings and then our dinner line started to get long. And so people were kind of started to loop around almost kind of like a figure eight. They would, so, um, and that worked really well. Well then the, the coffee didn't last well maybe five years and then we decided to put things in that uh, the coffee building that people the most requested items that we don't have room for in the burger because it's a tiny space it's a you know 20 foot building um so the so that's when we started doing hand dip corn dogs and going back about eight years ago now yep exactly okay so interesting stuff so it's basically two carts uh parked maybe 60 feet away or, uh-huh. or probably further than that. Right. And then you have two lines. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. But that's actually one thing I, that you mentioned I wasn't really aware of is uh, the queuing of cars and knowing exactly how long it takes. So when you're, if you are doing a drive-up operation, really be intentional about the space you leave from when they order to mm-hmm. when they are getting to the window. And that's right. something I never knew about. So interesting. Um, <clears throat> how So... Your business models do one thing really well, burgers. Um, but you also do the – you started off with just burgers, right? So how did you scale something something so small? Because it's such a tiny little space. You've been around for 18 years now. How have you transformed over time? How have you scaled? Well, we've scaled our hours. We've grown. We first opened, like, I mean, literally the first couple of weeks. It was just breakfast and lunch. And so – Everybody wanted dinner, so we scaled that real quick to switch to lunch and dinner. Um, we used to be open from 11 to 2 and then 5 to 7, so we'd have a three-hour break in the middle of the afternoon. So we've added hours. We're open more from the year, so we've scaled our hours. We've scaled our menu larger because people want more choices. First, we only had fries, and then they wanted onion rings, then they wanted tots. And then they wanted to, and then somebody suggested a mix of onion rings and fries. So we introduced the Fring in 2009, which is a half order of fries and a half order of onion rings. And then, um, you know, just more choices as far as milkshakes and sizes of drinks and things. So how do you know what to say yes to and what to say no to? Because you're getting all these people who are making special requests. You can't say yes to everything. So how did you prioritize that? Uh, amount of requests. Yeah. You know, if you... Were you tracking these things or just kind of Pretty much, okay. yeah. I'd think, okay, when I hear 20 people ask for it, I'll think about it. Yeah, okay. So you had 20 people ask for corn dogs. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> They're so good, <laughs> yeah. by the way. I had 20 people ask for a ranch. I had like 200 people ask for corn dogs. <laughs> that was huge. You know, that nice. was definitely... And people like that. And I thought that would be a good draw for the sweet spot, a real specialty item that they could do. Just one thing really good. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, your father's not there anymore working with you, right? No, but um, he's, well, not not there in the burger, but he's there. He takes care of the watering. Okay. He's he's there quite a bit. He does the, um, the takes care of the fields or the, the green, right. right, or the, mm-hmm. the grass. Yeah. Um, so how was it, how was that transition moving him out of the day-to-day to you kind of taking over? Was that, was that awkward or was that easy or? Not really. I think he was. He was grateful to get yeah. get Did he some kick freedom. Him out? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he was getting hard of hearing. It was, I got to take the orders and cook. And, <laughs> but no, he's good. And you know, he said his dream was always to be the onion peeler when he grew up in Puyallup and the by the Puyallup Fair. You know, he would just think about grilling those onions and peeling the onions. And so he's chief onion peeler. Nice. Um, so one other thing I wanted to talk about is a sign that you have. Uh, how long have you had that sign there? Since we opened. Okay. So this thing is like, is a staple in the community, the sign. Yes. Um, you're kind of religious about keeping it updated and being, uh, creative with it. So talk us through the impact of the sign. Oh, well, that's the most amazing marketing tool we have. (laughs) And, you know, I really recognize that, well, I didn't recognize it early on, but I realized that after 
we, I don't know, somebody was messing with the letters. So we put some plexiglass cover over it and it was a really pain in the butt to change it. And so, um, finally one day I was like, get these things off of here. I got to be able to change the sign. And we actually put a guy's name up there that wrote a bad check to the business. And then, um, it just, it was a big, huge boon in business, but we've celebrated life and births and deaths and, um, momentous occasions 50th anniversaries see, i feel like the, the, the sign isn't anything special in the sense that you see these things all over the place they're the the black and white uh, how would you describe the sign well, it's a highway reader board sign it's yeah six by nine uh, but you guys are very active with it and you're kind of controversial with it too Sometimes. um you're not afraid to cross the line with the sign um so you mentioned it quickly that when people you had this thing going if you're if you did if you gave a bad check then your name was going to go on the board. So right. take us through that inception. <laughs> well, it's always been our policy that's been posted at the window that for NSF checks, there is no huge fee, but we'll post your check here for your neighbors to see and mistakes sometimes happen. And we'll give us some time, but imagine next month when you see your name on our sign <laughs> and we have people that write bad checks. And, and nowadays it's not so you know relevant as it was 18 years ago, but um, you know, I think it's important that some people still write, like to write checks and they should be able to, and somebody shouldn't ruin it for them. And, and so it was, you know, a blatant, the check, the account had been closed for six months. It was, it was a blatant thing. So I put the, I didn't know what to put on the sign. And I saw that check sitting there for $9 that was on the desk. And I put the guy's name on the sign and said, pick up your bad check. And we take Visa and MasterCard. And next thing I know, the news was out there and people were coming from Seattle saying, right on. Of course, you know, on social media and there's, Oh, that stupid bitch. What she, you know, <laughs> like she's never made a mistake. You know, it's not about that. It's, you know, of course I've made mistakes and we have people that make mistakes and say, Hey, you know, I had a problem with my checkbook and that check's going to be bad. And of course we'll work with that. It was, that was a deliberate, you know, intent to fraud. Yeah. Uh, but you use the sign to your benefit right to, to put it out there and it's, what are some <laughs> other really unique, uh, well just what's your sign philosophy? Cause I feel like a lot of people have signs like this, but no, no, almost every, nobody ever uses them like you do to the, the impact that you use them. What is, what is it behind your, sometimes your songs, you know, I want to get a song stuck in somebody's head. So I'll put something like we like big buns and we cannot lie. So you just have fun with it. Yeah, we totally have fun with it. And we have brainstorms when the crew gets together and we're talking about stuff. And, yeah. you know, we're like, drop it like it's taught. <laughs> you know, and just things like that. We just, you know, so everybody, it's a joint effort for sure. Yeah, and that's one other thing I was going to uh, add on to that before I say anything else. Move the mic a little bit higher because I feel like we can get your voice. Okay. Take the back part. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. Say something. Hello, hello. Oh, I think we're louder now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is it going down? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, so push it back keep, up. How do I keep it up? <laughs> Should I keep that part in there? I don't know. Probably <laughs> not. Anyway, um, so what we're talking about is... Uh, Having your, your employees contribute to the creativity with the sign. I think that's kind of a key little element because um, it's just a little gesture, but why is it so much better when you have your team contribute to that. Oh, it's just about the team and we all look at it and laugh and it cracks us up. I like it when I go to hand a bag out and see the sign and it makes me smile and I'm sure everybody else does too. Yeah. Um, so what is it specifically about what you've been doing the past 18 years that has made you successful? What are the key variables to doing I mean, you, you do a few things really well. I think that's one of the variables. Mm -hmm. But what is it about you and the way you run your business that makes it successful? I think we're active and we contribute back to the community. Um, we appreciate the customers that we have. We're not really big on promoting to attract new customers. We really focus on, you know, and that's one thing when we started, somebody came wanting to sell us a map or get our name on a map or something. And I told my dad, you know, I'm not sure if I want to advertise in that way. I'd, I'd rather get to know our customers and maybe buy them a soda once in a while or something like that. Um, so we definitely focus our advertising on the customers that are there, whether it's showing appreciation with, uh, if they have a Vans burger sticker on their car, then, 
you know, maybe they'll get a gift certificate or sometimes we'll do every seven stickers eats free. Yeah. You're tapping on something really great here. Well, first, just to summarize the two things I got from you so far, activate, or sorry, uh, being active in your community. Maybe we can dive a little bit more into that, but also focusing on the customers you already have. I think that is incredible advice. So how you started getting into it. Some, what are some of the key things you do to really focus on the customers you have? Well, really good communication. We have a newsletter that we hand out. One thing I ran into talking about the transition and when my dad left and we got busier, you know, the person at the window wasn't able to communicate all the things that my dad was. And I think that was really um, helpful to people, whether it's a change in the hours or anything like that. And so we have a newsletter now that we hand out when people come up that called the Vans Times. And that's really popular. Um, we, yeah, we just like to reward the people that are there. We recently, for our 18th birthday, we rotated prices back to what they were in 2000. You know, these aren't things we advertise because we don't want to make the lines long. You do advertise them in your email list, though. Your, right. your list, your With most our loyal customers. Right. Yeah. The um, people that are there that get the newsletter. Yeah. So, I mean, these are the little things we can do. We don't need to sign up for a loyalty program to get loyalty from our people. Right. We can just be loyal to our people. Exactly. And they'll be loyal to us. Mm-hmm. Um and one other thing that you've done, I think, did you mention this? If you did, I apologize. But you open, so you're open. So maybe we can talk about, your, you had this reputation for being the, the burger spot that's almost never open. Right. You're open uh, publicly. Your, your, your sign says you're open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, Thursday, oh, No, sorry, Friday, Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday. Right. Um, and you open on Wednesdays, but you don't publicize that. Right. It just gives our locals a chance to come in when the rest of the county thinks we're closed. <laughs> yeah. So again, you're taking care of your, your most immediate people. You're right. giving them the, the secret uh, access, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, How has that served you? Well, I, I think people are hungry to belong to something and feel like they're part of something. And so they're so supportive and... Um, yeah, I think they appreciate us looking out for them. Yeah, but yeah, you. I think you're right. And when you do these little things to show your people that your most immediate people that you're right there and that they're the most important to you, and you you don't just say these things, but you you talk with your actions, right? And you display it in the things that you do every day. Uh, I, think, I think that's one thing I really want to draw attention to. Um, so, how are you active within your community? Give me some examples of things you're doing to stay active in. Oh, well, you know, we do a lot of donations as far as, you know, whether it's a school color run or uh, we try to balance it out with kids and animals and, you know, at Education Foundation, um, things like that. Last year, we sponsored a fence build for Fences for Fido and then took part in the fence build. And it was really fun to see the dogs released in the yard. And it was fun for us. All right. So one other thing I just from being the, on the outside looking and observing you guys, I love um, your active, uh, how active you are with the commenting on reviews. Oh. So <laughs> take me through your, how you approach the comment, uh, the, the review, the bad review or the good review or the mm-hmm. negative suggestion. How do you approach that? Well, it's social media for a reason. And I strongly believe that you should be social and it shouldn't be one sided. It, Um, I believe that you should respond to things now. Yelp has blocked me and they won't let me respond to any reviews, (laughs) which is so ironic being that they're like freedom of speech and all this, but because they don't approve of my profile picture, they won't let me respond to any. any What is your profile picture? A picture of our big road sign that says, try the place. Some guy on Yelp didn't get the hype about. (laughs) <laughs> so they want it to be a face and so we there was a big conversation about how we could you know try it first try the face of my dog because the girl said well it's probably not something a real person but an algorithm that notices facial recognition so we <laughs> talked about you know different pictures we could use anyways but you know then then i'm responding to my customers that leave great yelp reviews and they're like who's this person responding with this funny face picture so I'm sticking to my guns and my <laughs> principal and you know, I put it in the newsletter that Yelp won't let me reply to reviews. So, um, but yeah, definitely I like an open dialogue and I figure people are being social for a reason and, um, you know, bad reviews. I'll try my best to get a hold of people and, you know, like just for example, um, I noticed a couple of weeks ago, somebody just left us one star on Google, just one star. And I noticed it's his only review 
And so just this morning, I wrote him a card. I found his address. How would you find his address? Public records. Yeah, I just looked wow, him up. Wow, you really on, go to town. Well, you know, I, I just want to know. Yeah. Um, was it a mistake? Because, you know, it does affect your rating. And so I just dropped him a note and said, hey, I was dismayed to see your review that you left one star on Google and I sure would, you didn't make any remarks and I'd sure love to contact you and, you know, please know that my heart's in knowing what we can do to improve and this is my phone number and this is my email and I'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, so I sent that off this morning. Um, great reviews. I just always appreciate and thank people for taking the time. So you sent that off this morning. You haven't heard back yet by any chance, have you? No. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I've sent it in the mail. Yeah. Oh, in the mail. Okay. Well, yeah, because that's, you know. Wow. But like, that's one thing that's a, a good point to bring to the surface. Um, we're going to make mistakes in life. Mm-hmm. We're not going to make every order right. a- absolutely mm-hmm. accurately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we can do is write the end of the story. We mm-hmm. can go out, you know, out of our way to leave a last good impression. And it's amazing what will happen when you really just go out of your way to leave that lasting impression that like I do give an F mm-hmm. and I want you to be happy right. and you can really turn things around. Give me an example of when you turn something around. Oh, I think one time I contacted a Yelper and, and when I was allowed to respond and said something <laughs> <laughs> and said something like, um, gosh, you know, I'm so sorry. Can you please let me know? Um, approximately the amount of your order so I can, I'd be glad to give it to your favorite charity or refund your money. And, and the review got deleted. Oh, nice. So that was nice. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, one other thing that I've observed from you is your social media. Um, and how you, one thing I always say is just open up your, your world to or open up your world to the rest of the world, right? Like open up the, the, you know, lift up the blinds to your windows and like let people see your day to day. And I think that's one thing you do really well. You literally take people on a journey of like a life in advance. Like you just open up the window. So really took us through your, uh, your social media approach. Well, like I said, you know, social media should go both ways. It's not just simply for my convenience. Um, people, enjoy seeing your world too yeah so recently something happened um and you took tragedy <laughs> and you and you really kind of made it into a positive thing yeah take us through what recently happened well we got to work on thursday after having our special opening on a wednesday night so thursday morning we got there and we had been vandalized <laughs> vandalized v- vans burgers <laughs> vandalized let's see what you did there yeah so um that was disappointing. Nothing was taken, but there was a lot of damage. And I posted pictures on Facebook and I was like, oh man, this sucks. You know, look what happened. And um, if anybody knows anything or was driving through, we'd sure appreciate hearing. And the outpouring of support was amazing. It was shared last time I checked over 300 times and reached over 20,000 people. And, you know, it just reminds you that, you know, there's more good people in the world and it's monetizing tragedy. Yeah. Um, but you know, just being little things happen every day. And I think we just look over these little things, Mm -hmm. but those are opportunities to bring the world in and to show people Mm -hmm. the behind the scenes. And even though this was kind of a negative thing that happened, like you took that opportunity and you Mm -hmm. put, you spun it into a positive thing. You you actually even had fun with it too. Mm-hmm. And you could have been really pissed. And I think you probably, I'm sure you were kind of pissed, but you had let that sense of humor come out. Um, what were some of the ways you let this, that, that sense of humor come out? Oh, definitely on our sign. And then we see it all the time when people come through, um, you know, our jokes, jokes with patrons when they come through and, um, you know, we get a guy that comes through without his shirt on. We're like, Hey, you know, that looks really, it's really hot. But if we do that, it's indecent exposure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, So we have fun with people. Yeah. And you know, you look for something you have in common with them and go from there. Yeah. One other thing you mentioned during another conversation was, uh, the power of just taking the time to really know your people and know their names. Mm -hmm. Why is knowing the name so important? Oh, I just think, I mean, isn't that the greatest sound for somebody to hear their own name and, and how many times, I mean, it's just so special to have somebody recognize you and know your name or your dog's name or what you like on your burger, or even just recognize your car, or even just greet you in a familiar manner. Just, Hey, instead of, hi, how can I help you? Yeah. 
for sure. And one other thing that you put a lot of emphasis on too is the words, the specific words you you want your people using. Yes, what are some key words, the verbiage that you train your staff? Oh, uh, we don't say you're welcome or no problem. Why not? Because it's not grateful. Um, you know, it's their change. They are thanking you for handing them a receipt or their change. You know, you don't have to say you are so welcome. Um, you can say, thank you. Yes. You know, thank you for bringing me this business and letting me give you your receipt or your change. Um, you know, it's not a problem. It's our pleasure. Mm. Um, so what does that say? What does that communicate when you say no problem? Well, service, we're in the service business, you know, we're not, we're not here to give someone an attitude. We're there, they're looking to be served food and we're there serving them. Yeah. So when you say, um, no problem, that is suggestive that it might be a problem. So when you say, uh, it's my pleasure or of course, yeah, it's just, you know, um, well, of course, you know, we're here to serve any other, uh, trick words or keywords, special words you can Oh, I, I don't like, I don't like free, you know, we say complimentary mm-hmm. and we have complimentary ice water. We have complimentary puppy patties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like, what's wrong with the word free? Well, I just think it's cheap. Mm. I think things are complimentary. Nothing's free. And, um, yeah, so, so we use free and complimentary. I think you've given us some good ones. Um, anything else we haven't touched on up to this point, anything that you want to get out before we think about moving to the speed round? No, I think we've about covered it all. Let me ask you this. Who are you today versus who you were 18 years ago when getting started? Well, I'm a humbler person. I am. How are you more humble? I'm humble because I'm so grateful to the people that have supported my dream and that put their trust in me. It's just, it blows me away that people trust you to include you in their life's memories and put food that you cook into their mouth. It's, it's humbling. How else have you transformed? Well, I think just my feeling on, you know, when I first opened the burger, it was, you know, for a job, for something to do. And now it's just transformed into seeing how it's grown and how people have, how has it grown? Well, you know, just people, you get kids in the back seat, and then all of a sudden they're driving. The next thing you know, they're, they're with a date. And the next thing you know, they're there with their kids. And yeah. next thing their kids are, you know, when I could drive, I'm going to come here every day. <laughs> you know, it just blows me away. That's awesome. Um, this has been a great conversation. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Finally, a simple, affordable, and legal way to share the music that best represents your brand. It's called Soundtrack Your Brand. Get access to soundtracks tailored for any business. Side note, studies have shown that playing the right music can impact your sales. Do you have questions about what that right music is? Soundtrack Your Brand can help you there too. Here's a fun fact. I'm sure a lot of you out there listening to this already have a Spotify account. Well, you can take playlists from your account and import them directly into SoundtrackYourBrand.com. And my guests are always saying on the show that their restaurants are an extension of their own personal brand. Well, so isn't your music. And now you can marry these things together legally. Unlike Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Music, Soundtrack Your Brand is licensed for business use. Skip the hassle of ASCAP and BMI because with Soundtrack Your Brand, it's already included. You can even schedule music for the whole week and adapt the music for each day part. Typically, this deal goes for $26.99 per month, but if you act now before the end of August, you can get this deal for $19.99 per location per month for life. Again, that's SoundtrackYourBrand.com or find the banner in the show notes. I've got a serious question for all the owners and operators looking to increase revenue and get more new paying customers in the door. Here it is. How many times would you trade a $100 bill to receive $500 back? 
as many times as you could, right? That's a no-brainer. Well, here's the deal. Nick Fosberg, who's written one of the best marketing books for bars and restaurants, who's also been a guest on this podcast a number of times now, reached out to me and wants to run an experiment with my listeners. Nick is looking for a small handful of owners who have a Facebook page, and he wants to set up a promotion for them. But get this. He wants to guarantee them $500 in sales for every $100 they invest in what he is calling his VOP promotion. If he fails to do this, you don't pay a penny. That's the experiment. And just recently, he ran the same experiment to help the owner of Carl and Chell's Grill House get a 282 offers redeemed in just two weeks with net sales of $14,552. If you're interested in getting more information, go to ru500.net. That's RU for Restaurant Unstoppable 500.net or click the link in the show notes for more information. We're back, and the first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? My attention to detail. Attention to detail. What is your biggest weakness? My tendency to procrastinate the big stuff. Your tendency to procrastinate the big stuff. How are you combating that challenge or that weakness? Well... I'm just trying to focus on how good it feels when I finally do it. And gosh, you know, I just niggled, had this niggling at me for every time I thought about it and just the freedom of mind when I finally do it. It's just, I'm trying to, you know, encourage myself to not have that niggling. Yeah. You know, the hardest part to most things in life, I think are just starting. We put so much work into overthinking it, into stressing out over it. And if we just started, Mm -hmm. you know, and got it going, get that momentum going, life would be so much easier. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is your biggest, or sorry, what is one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process? Is this what you typically look like? (laughs) What are you looking for when you ask that to your... Well, I just want to know. I mean, because, you know, then all of a sudden they come in, they've got all these things in their nose and ears and... (laughs) You know, I just want to know if this <laughs> is what I that see I'm what I'm going to get. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what is your biggest challenge today? Uh, recently, we've been having some issues with suppliers. That's been my issue. You know, our meat, their patty machine was down. Uh, the buns, you know, inconsistent. Lettuce, inconsistent, mainly suppliers. So how are you dealing with that? persistence being persistent with them uh-huh. what does that look like um just hey d- did you get my text hey did you <laughs> you know i guess kind of demanding a response demanding good communication from them in yeah. uh are there other options out here uh they're they're limited so mm-hmm. we're doing the best we can so what what is it that's making you think or what do you think it is that's making you stick with these guys even though they're not being persistent um well, they're, you know, I know some things are out of their control. Yeah, like what? Well, like if their machine breaks down, their machine breaks down. Uh, you know, they're doing the best they can. You know, if California is in a drought and yeah. there's a lettuce shortage, there's a lettuce shortage. That's, just, you know, that's just the way it is. Yeah. So you're willing to stick with your purveyors, your suppliers, uh, regardless of their situation because of your loyalty to them. Right. Okay. What is it about these suppliers specifically that makes you loyal to them? Um, well, just probably just cause that's the way I am. <laughs> I'm pretty loyal. It's a good way to be. Um, so, all right. The next question I have for you is what is one uncommon, uh, code of conduct or behavior you teach your team? This is a way to be a way to act. Um, yeah, the gratefulness, but you know, when people come out to the window, we greet them right away. Why is that so important? Well, because sometimes They've been waiting there for up to an hour or more and waiting an hour in their car for a burger. Yep. Wow. Yep. Waiting an hour in drive through for a burger. Yep. That says something. Well, they bring books. They spend time <laughs> with their family. They catch up on their emails, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, the least we can do is right when they pull up. Hi. Yeah. And w- it's more than just hi, though. What else is it? How do you say hi? Oh, like you've seen them before. You have to have that familiarity. It can't just be, hi, thank you. for You know, hi, your total is 1141. How do you train that, that that energy? How do you train energy into people? You know, at first, by example, 
they have to see you treat people and be familiar. And then they're like, Oh gosh, she knows everybody's name. And how does she, how does she know? You know, you have to just create that. But in a matter of time, our crew loves everybody too. So it's, it's easy once they get it. I love it. What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your staff? So this is something that's common within your four walls, but not common within the industry. Oh, definitely just the verbiage, the, the gratefulness and the thank you and, you know, not saying you're welcome and no problem. Definitely Mm -hmm. the verbiage. What is one book that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant owner or operator? The life changing magic of tidying up. The life changing magic of tidying up. One lesson from that book you can share with us. Uh, don't hold on to what doesn't spark your joy. And is that on audio? I'm sure it is. All right. Well, if it is, head over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. If you're not already an audible member, you can get your first book on restaurant unstoppable. And it is a game changer, life changer for me. I would have to say, do you listen to audiobooks ever? Uh, yes. Do you like it? I just, yeah, I just don't have the time. My car, <laughs> my car isn't wired for it. The, the car is not far enough. The yeah. drive's not far enough. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, what is one online tool or resource you use and leverage? Restaurant Unstoppable? Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I, I love your show. What's the and- biggest lesson you've learned from Restaurant Unstoppable? Oh, there's just so many things. There's so many things that confirms I'm doing right. It's giving like what? me inspiration, different things. What's one thing you've heard that confirms that you're doing things right? Um, the faces she's making. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. I am. You know, I'm just... Okay, so I have to admit, the last few months I've just been putting it on and going to sleep. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just hear I just hear something that resonates. I'm like, oh yes, that's right. Whether it's um, living intentionally, yeah, you know, that's a huge thing. What does living intentionally look like for you? Well, tomorrow's happiness starts today. Yeah, you 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 have to have a goal. You have to. You know, you just got to keep your shit in order. I dig it. Uh, what is one piece of technology you've adopted and are leveraging in your restaurant today? Well, it's not really technology, but definitely our sign is huge. We mm-hmm. recently had Square, um, and it's really handy for the Sweet Spot girls because they're running around yeah. touching the people. So you recently added line. Square to your... We did. Nice. Mm-hmm. And um, what was the best or the biggest impact having that technology well, that they don't have to run back to swipe the card at the at the sweet spot building. They can just pull it out of their pocket and swipe it right there at the nice. car. Yeah. People don't have to lose their card, and they'll still have it when they get to the burger. They mm-hmm. don't have to worry about, you know, they have nice. to worry about not getting it back in time. Cool. All right, this is the last question. It's a doozy. Are you ready for it? Yes. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work, your restaurants would be lost with your departure with the exception of three pieces of wisdom. Three things you know to be true for the good of humanity and for your legacy, what would they be? Be kind, be generous, and have fun. Be kind, be generous, and have fun. Erica, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. I'll wrap up. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> uh, we wrap up every conversation by calling somebody out. So who's one independent restaurant operator? Somebody you admire and believe would make a great guest mentor on the show. I'm going to call out Phoebe Martinson, uh, Phoebe's Pastry Cafe. She has just recently opened her second operation. Her and her husband, Dan, have had a long history of mentoring and vocational training. I think that would be a great addition to your show. Phoebe, look out. I'm coming after you. And let the folks at home know if we want to follow uh, your work, uh, what you're doing at Man's Burgers. Maybe we have some questions, some similar operations. We may want to share some knowledge. What's the best way to connect? I'd love to hear from anybody. I think there should be places like Vans on every corner. (laughs) And um, you can email me at vansburger at comcast.net or check out our website. There's a link there. Hook us up on Facebook or Instagram. All right. Beautiful. Again, Erica Van Lerup. Lerup? Lerup? Lerup. Lerup. God dang. Uh, there, there is 
uh, just so much great stuff shared in this conversation. And it was an honor to share your, your knowledge, your story, your mentorship. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Woo. Yes. <laughs> Crushed it. Well, there is another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Erica Van Lirup, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and your knowledge and some of your advice on the show. Uh, Some great little nuggets that came out of today's conversation. Obviously, reinforcing what we've learned, something that I believe to be true, just focusing on a few things really well can get you much further. Also, the power of just treating your people like family. Erica experienced that that at a young age, and it had a profound impact on her to this day where she treats her employees like family. And the cool thing about being on the road is I get to witness how these people treat their employees, how they bring these people into their home and really love them like they're their their own. And you, you get that with Erica. And she doesn't just, you know, talk the talk. She walks the walk. Uh, I love the advice that she gave us too on uh, just being aware and mindful of the words we use. Like not saying things like you're welcome or no problem, but instead say thank you or my pleasure. Uh, and just the little little details. Erica's gotten really good at fine-tuning the little details and getting her people on board with this just this just fun, right? And I think having a good time and it's something that she says, but it's also something she lives. And she's just a fun woman, and they have fun at work. You, you feel the energy when you're there. Uh, you felt that energy during this conversation. Uh, there's a few things maybe I should have edited out, but I just I chose not to because, you know, she's a fun person. And you got to let loose. you got to have fun at work. Um, and that's one thing that these people, these ladies and the guys over at Vans Burger uh, do really well is they just love life. And it was an honor to make an example of Erica and her values and what she knows to be true. And also, uh, I also need to just say thank you to Erica publicly for uh, helping me out. She was my host in Seattle, and I was there for about two and a half weeks coming and going. Her and her uh, her husband and her son were so welcoming, so opening, or just open. And, and they, they took me and they made me a part of the family. And it's just so heartwarming to know there are so many great people out there. Um, just willing to help others. And thank you, Erica, for supporting this mission of empowering, inspiring, and transforming our industry. I couldn't do it without folks like you and just awesome conversation. All right, guys, like always, please do reach out to me, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com, Eric Cacciatore on Instagram and Twitter, and Restaurants Unstoppable on Facebook. Help me spread this word, guys. If you know, of anybody who's aspiring to do great things in this industry, uh, put this podcast on their radar. You are the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. Here at Restaurant Unstoppable, you can spend your time with the best in the industry, and you will transform over time. I promise you that. Uh, so spread the word. And I think that's all for today. Thank you for sticking around this long. I love you all. Until next time, peace out.